there, folks, and welcome to episode 96 of Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. My name is, of course, Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at IamCalebB. That's I am Caleb and then another B. Follow my co-host, friend, and producer, Eddie Cornelison, at E-D-D-Y-C-8-5. Follow the show at E-C underscore Hero. Check out our Instagram account, E-C HeroCast, and our Gmail, E-C HeroCast at gmail.com. As always, check me out every Thursday morning on the Grave Consequences podcast, which is a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Eddie, it is 7 o'clock Central Standard Time on January 18th, Tuesday. How are you today, sir? I'm doing quite well today. Um, A little snowy, but, uh, you know, not too bad. I mean... uh... Sometimes I just I feel like a, a rocket man burning out his fuse up here alone. Why is that? <laughs> or an Astro Boy. Oh, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are reviewing Astro Boy, and uh, real quick, guys, I'm just going to say it. This was a pleasant surprise, in my opinion. This was easily digestible. Um, I would even go as far as to say I kind of low-key enjoyed this as well. Yeah, I was um, I was skeptical when I saw the Rotten Tomatoes scores mm-hmm. for it, and well, I guess I'll just drop that now since I brought it up. Critics and fans, the double fifty. Okay. So, so half liked it, half didn't. Yeah. Probably a scoregami there. Yes, that's what that means. <laughs> yeah. And then um, let's see. Also, I looked up the budget and box office. And oh yeah, this was a this was a commercial failure. Yeah. So upon doing this research, which we'll get to that in a minute, but upon doing the research, it's like, well, this is probably gonna suck. I mean, fifty's not that low. Um, at least for critics, fans agreeing with critics is is always frightening because critics are usually wrong, but now they agree. So I don't know what to think, or I didn't know what to think heading into this, Uh, which brings me to my history with this movie. I have none because I've heard of Astro Boy. I've seen it, not the movie, but um, I've seen like the character just, I don't know, wherever, like at a comic show or something. Like I've seen the character. I couldn't tell you anything about him other than he has jetpacks in his legs. Um, So yeah, I've never seen the movie don't even really remember it coming out, so I guess maybe that's why it failed. The marketing was not really there. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, and I'm a bit younger than you, and I don't remember, like, seeing or hearing about this at all either, so that's a part of it, I'm sure. Uh, I have no history with the movie myself. Uh, October 2009, October 23rd, 2009. Oh, by the way, real quick. The, the box office for this was 42 million. The budget was 65, so that means they lost 23 million dollars on this movie. That is awful. But that being said, and I'm not saying this was great, but if I could make a comparison to a movie from the 90s that we reviewed, in terms of like you know the the quality that we got compared to the commercial failure of it. This is kind of like like a mystery man or like a tank girl. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Yeah, yeah. that's not bad. I was going to maybe... Well, I, I got a comparison I'll make uh, a little bit later. But yeah, you said negative 23 million. It's yeah. negative 30 with the inflation, and it puts it at 85 on the list. Ooh, that is bad. That is bad. That's yeah. toward the bottom. That's toward the bottom uh, because we've got like, what, four or five that have an unknown number. Six with an unknown number. So the only ones below it is uh, Blank Man, Phantom, Punisher, Warzone, mm-hmm. Mystery Men, and Zoom. Mm. Yikes. Hey, number one song at the time was Three by Britney Spears. Still. Yeah. No, not still. Wasn't that the one last week? No. No, sir. Last week it was uh, I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. We had the, uh, we had the, uh, we had our, um, uh, why can't I think of his name? The streak. Will I Am streak. Yes. So, <laughs> yes, we did. That's over yes, now. we did. So, your champions in wrestling at the time in the WWE, the WWE champion on Raw was Randy Orton, ECW champion Christian, the World Heavyweight champion on SmackDown was The Undertaker. In TNA at the time, you had AJ Styles, the TNA World Heavyweight champion, and in Ring of Honor, your Ring of Honor World Champion. Austin Aries, everyone's favorite vegan. Um, <clears throat> so around October 2009, this was actually a month after I went to my first live wrestling show. And I can tell that story now since we've we've passed that time. Um, I still, for some reason, remember the first match I saw. It was Jimmy Wang Yang. That's an name you haven't heard in a while, I guarantee you versus a guy who was in FCW at the time, hadn't yet come up to the main roster. Of course, NXT was not a thing at the time, even game show NXT. So you haven't hadn't seen this guy, but versus Alex Riley. Oh, the that varsity. guy. <laughs> yeah, the rare breed. Yeah. Um, and say I it remember, to my face. Yeah, say it to his face. I remember specifically um, Jimmy Wang Yang, like, you know, slapping five with the fans, and we slapped five with them, and it was really cool, man. And it's funny to think back on that sort of thing, and just how, like, not jaded you, like, you know, less, you know, just to think how jaded, you you know, you might become over time, just kind of through adulthood, you know. But, you know, at the time, even, you know, at, admittedly and this may sound kind of nerdy admittedly at 15 years old just how like enthusiastic we were to be at that show just you know before life brought us down Mm-hmm. yeah so fall of 2009 um i had another job that paid me under the table not oh. just because well, you know little league was season was over yep so Around this time, a friend of mine and I, it was actually his idea, uh, we uh, we established a uh, college night at a local bar, and I was, I mean, technically, I, I don't like to use the term DJ, I played music on turntables, I didn't really mix or scratch records or anything like that, it was really just more finding a song that would fade into the next song. And I would use Britney Spears' three a lot, so mm. that was a that was a big one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, got uh, $65 a week for that, and uh, also free drinks, so that was good. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, I um, had a lot of good, uh, a lot of good memories there. A lot of good, a lot of good nights partying. So October, we did a, a Halloween cost uh, contest. So I remember doing that, and the winner got like a gift basket from some local company or whatever. With you know, because we knew a girl was gonna win. Because I mean, come on. Uh, so yeah, it was full of lotions and soaps and all that, all that jazz. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was fun. Um, let me think. What else was there? Um, eh, I don't. Oh oh. Could, no, that's actually. I'll, I'll save that for next year because I hadn't thought of that yet. But it's a little teaser. Uh, actually, it should be the next uh, next show we do. As far as I know, the next show we'll get to. But the uh, the next um, regular show or movie review yeah. show, uh, because over New Year's of 2010, actually, I scratch that the the following show because uh, I had New Year's plans of that year too. But the following show, episode 98 in the normal order, uh, I I borrowed a little something from wrestling and. Uh, Let's just say I got it over as a DJ, so you'll have to stay tuned nice. for that. It's a little little slogan, little little little. I don't know what you'd call it, a gimmick, a prop, and I got it over, and uh, it was a big hit on campus. <laughs> well, well, I am interested to to figure that out. But that being said, I think it's time we get into the cast, and with this being animated, you don't really like. I mean, here's the thing. And we, we with every animated movie we've discussed, it's like it's just voice acting. It is, yeah, it's it's yeah. tough. Um, but hey, real quick, real quick, of course, Nicolas Cage is Doctor Tenma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen Bell as Cora. Samuel L. Jackson was in this. Yeah, he uh, he's I'm telling you, he's going to be on the podcast more than anyone. Oh yeah, for sure. And. Uh, sure. It's like that's ignoring uh, Nick Fury. Yeah, <laughs> he's he probably is already the leader, and he's only appeared as Nick Fury once. Yeah, so think about that. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, Eugene Levy, of course, from American Pie as Orin. That was uh, real quick. That was another thing when I saw this in the credits, and it was like Eugene Levy, and I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. That's <laughs> other than American <laughs> Pie. That's never a good sign to see Eugene Levy. Uh, I Agree. I disagree. I think you should watch Shit's Creek. I've heard that's good. Okay, but that's a TV show, so. Yes. Yes. But no, I like him in American Pie. I love American Pie. Um. So well, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's no. why I liked uh, Sex Lives of College Girls. It reminded me of American Pie, just with okay. girls. Okay. Donald Sutherland as President Stone. Nathan Lane as Ham Egg. That's not the first time he's played a evil president either uh actually this would have been because this came up before hunger games but yeah oh yeah that's true yeah just before starting a war to try to get reelected. never seen that before nope alan tudyk and uh david allen greer is mr squeegee and mr skirt squirt rather hey uh I've said it before. Check out Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Alan Tudyk is in that, and he's great. Um, 
This was an all-star cast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, it was voice acting, but yes. The main event, Freddie Ryan Highmore. Styles, shout out. Yeah, yep, Ryan Styles. Freddie Highmore as Astro Boy, and the listeners may recognize that name because Freddie Highmore is the good doctor. The autistic, the, the, the show about the autistic doctor, Freddie Highmore plays that main character. He also played Norman Bates in Bates Motel. And if you were familiar with the Johnny Depp, uh, I believe it was Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Or maybe it was Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. I can't remember. No, I mixed up Charlie, the crappy one. Yeah. Yes, yes, the remake. Um, Freddie Highmore played Charlie Bucket in that one. Yeah, with the uh, creepy pedo borderline. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, what, are you talking about the uh, Oompa Loompas or what, man? No, just Johnny Depp played like this creepy, like, border. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird, because that was a Tim Burton movie, right? Yeah, that was a weird interpretation of it. I didn't, uh... Yeah, that makeup they put on him and the bowl cut and everything, it was weird. Um, he was no Gene Wilder who would viciously yell at the children. No, Gene Wilder was great. He was amazing. He was also great in Blazing Saddles, for what it's worth. But enough about other movies here. Real quick, before we get in the plot, I just read this on Wikipedia. And of course, you know, Wikipedia is always a reliable source. But here, this says, It received generally mixed reviews from film critics and was a financial failure, earning blah 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 figures we already discussed. As a result of the film's poor performance... Imagi, or Imagi, however you want to pronounce that studio's name, shut down on February 5th, 2010, and Astro Boy became the last film produced by the studio. It's a, it's a studio killer. It's a dying... It literally... Yeah. yeah it, uh... Someone... Inter, um, someone injected Imagi Studios with a lethal dose of Astro Boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, a shame. Because I didn't hate this, man. Yeah, I didn't either. Did you mention yeah. uh, Charlize Theron making her second appearance on the podcast? Yeah, as a voiceover, as a narrator. Yeah, yeah. that's odd. Yeah. She's she's back from Hancock, and now she'll go away forever. Will she? Yeah, unless something new comes out. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, we didn't do Ion Flux. Never mind. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, actually, no. I have seen it. <clears throat> it was, but either, uh, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Sorry, we're talking over each other tonight for some reason. Um, <laughs> are you ready to go into the plot? Did we miss anything? Uh, no, we did not. You're sure? No, I'm not sure. Okay. Did we? I mean, I did the critics, fans. That was first. We just critics and fans. We did the cast. Mm-hmm. We went to the time capsule. Uh, I think we're good. Yeah, I All think right. we're good. All right, All right, let's go. Let's get her done. Well, we open with a little bit of backstory. So, oh, the only thing I wanted to say, uh, it did well in China. Didn't do well in U.S. and uh, Japan. Which yeah. Is surprising, because that was probably the two, it came from Japan, so... Very strange. Maybe they were still soured on Dragon Ball. Could be. Yeah. Anyway, so we have with some backstory on the city, Metro City. We have Dr. Tenma, 
Nick Cage. He's the father of robotics, and he created yeah. this floating city, Metro City. And basically, they uh, ignore the problems of Earth, and they just separated as a huge chunk. What was the mountain they said? Um, Mount Vesuvius. Yes, Mount Vesuvius. So just ripped a piece of chunk out of the Earth and uh, floated up into the sky. And, um, yeah, they seceded from the planet. <laughs> yeah, they seceded. Sure. Hey, did you notice, by the way, that Toby, uh, the, the kid who had become Astro Boy, has a hat that says Min- or Ministry of Science? I did. I when I first saw that, I read that as University of Science, and I was reminded of the old Norm MacDonald joke. What joke the, is that? The Professor of Logic. I've not heard that. Oh my god, I'll send it to you. Alright. It's one of his better ones. It's right up there with the moth joke. Moth joke's good. Yep. For- so anyway, this Metro City is a paradise, and they have all the robots doing all the work. That nobody wants to do for $15 an hour. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, no, they're not even paid. Yeah. And then, uh, the old robots they show getting dumped onto the earth below. So this Metro City kind of treats the rest of the world like a big trash can. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're the upper class, so they, they get to do that. Yeah. So. This movie inspired Elysium. <laughs> yeah. And also Detroit Become Human. And uh, also a tale of two cities. Yeah, and also a little bit of pet cemetery as well. Yep. So Toby Tenma is a student in the class who learns about the robots, and his dad, uh, he, yeah, he learns about the robots, takes a test, does uh, like gets an A, and uh, his dad cancels plans with him to demonstrate the peacekeeper for President Stone, and. Toby does tag along, but he's found out and put in a holding cell. I like the President Stone, like, um, boss, not boss, but uh, yelled at the kid. Did you ever get yelled at by another kid's parents? That was the worst. Oh, that is the worst, dude. <laughs> like, I only want my parents to yell at me, not you. Yeah. Or I've, I've actually been on the opposite side where my parents have yelled at a friend of mine. It's just, it's, it's never good. It's always awkward. I mean, it is, but it's less awkward to be the kid whose friend got yelled at by your parents. Yeah, but then you always have to apologize to your friend for your parents yelling at them. And, uh, or you'd be like, yeah, I shouldn't have been such an a-hole. That too. <laughs> so, Dr. Elephant is demonstrating that these two power sources for the Peacekeeper is a blue and a red power core. And the red one is the dangerous one. So Stone decides to... Load. Okay, question. Why did they make a red one? I think you had to have a red one. Oh, uh, okay, okay. To counterbalance. Uh, All right. one, maybe. Okay, that, that makes sense. I don't know. I'm wondering if this was like a metaphor for the Electoral College where the red ones is the bad one. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I mean, probably not no nine. Nowadays they would. Yeah. So the, the red one's the bad one, and Stone, probably a red one, uh, decides to load the power core into this giant robot because it'll be a great weapon to help win re-election. <laughs> like I said, probably a red one. <laughs> yeah. 
start yeah. a war to yeah to just reassure re-election. Mm-hmm. But the giant robot goes berserk. Toby's like trapped in the room with the giant robot, and somehow the big robot just evaporates him. <laughs> yeah. And the guards do manage to bring down the robot. They pull the plug on him, the power source, and they bring him down. So Dr. Tenma, he's all sad because his son's dead. <laughs> but yeah. he builds himself a new son with a hair from Toby using his DNA. Yeah. I'm going to build my own son with blackjack and hookers. And you know what? Forget the son. <laughs> uh, well, Either way. Sorry, go ahead. Well, Tenma, he decide is is successful, and Toby's back, just as a robot. And Tenma decides he's gonna homeschool Toby. He doesn't want him to know that he's a robot, so it's one of those robots not aware that he's a robot deals. Yes. But after a few mishaps, uh, Tenma determines it's not Toby. He's like, he's different and he's weird, and he's just a reminder that Toby's gone and never coming back. So, sad. Meanwhile, after an incident with the window washer robots, uh, Toby falls out of his apartment, realizes he can fly, he's got the jetpack legs, but also um, finds out he's a robot. Obviously, that's a kind of a yeah. giveaway. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, Toby's about to tell his dad, and he walks in on Tenma telling Elephant that he wants to get rid of his son. Sad. So, during all this, uh, Stone's, uh, I don't know, his his his, mach- his ship has tracked this unidentified flying object known as Toby. And he sends some robots after him to try to take him in, but he can't catch him. But in the ordeal, Toby falls to the scrap heap below on Earth. He's at the very bottom. Yeah, another story beat coming. Mm-hmm. He meets a robot dog named Trashcan. And he meets some kids who live below who don't like the people who live in Metro City because they treat the Earth like a trash can, which I would I would understand that. Yeah. Uh, Toby also meets the Robot Revolutionary Front. They uh, <laughs> they plan to free all the robots from human control, but uh, they seem pretty inept, and uh, they are bound by the laws of robotics, meaning they can't hurt people uh, so they want to like use a feather to tickle this guy but anyway they give Toby the name Astro because they don't like the name Toby yeah so the kids rescue Astro from the RRF and they take him back to <laughs> this guy named Ham Egg yes who, uh, Nathan Payne mm-hmm. that's the uh, that's the person the RRF wanted to uh, tickle to death i guess yes yes because he's a uh uh he's very anti-robot or so we think mm-hmm. but ham egg says he loves the robots and he doesn't enslave them and the next day astro uh restores this old construction robot using his um his blue uh blue core yes yeah so he uses the blue core uh brings this construction robot back to life named zog and later that night, Astro learns Cora, who's one of the girls in the group, is from Metro City, and her parents abandoned her. Oh. Ooh. 
That's never coming back in the plot line, by the way. I mean, it barely does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maybe appearance, yeah. Yeah. So the next day, they take Zog to this robot games. It's a robot fighting competition. And, uh, you know, Astro's like, hey, wait, uh, we, we built Zog. You know, why do we want to do this? And Hamag kind of tips his hand a little. He's like, oh, you know, if they were human, that's one thing. But the robots, I don't feel guilty having them fight each other and destroy each other. Yeah. Which, I mean, you just said, like, how much you love robots. So much so, in fact, that I'm quoting it at the end of the episode. But but all right, man. All right. <laughs> There's something afoot, especially especially since the guy's name is Hamag. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to... uh. Dr. Eggman. Yes. From, uh, uh, Robotnik. Ro- yeah, Dr. Robotnik, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're related. They both like robots, and they both have egg in their name. Could be. Is Sonic a superhero movie? Uh, I wish. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, Hamag has figured out Astro is a robot. He puts Astro in the competition. Astro defeats the first robot, sends more robots after him, he doesn't really want to fight, but he just defeats them as well. And then um, he sends basically all of them, and the RRF jump in to join Astro to help him out. And they do pretty well at this. And then Hamag finally releases Zog to stop Astro. But Astro won't fight him. But uh, it's okay, because Zog won't fight him either. So Zog turns on Hamag, and he goes to stomp on him. Because uh, Hamag's like, well, you have to obey the laws of yep. of uh, robotics. It's been around for 50 years. And he's like, yep. well, I'm 100 years old. I'm old school. <laughs> That's a good line. That's a good line. Um, and with that, Astro actually channels his inner uh, Tobey Maguire and manages to spare Hamag. Yeah, he stops the foot from being stomped on Hamag. And Stone and his men then show up. They get word of what's going on. And they take Astro. Stone wants the blue coal removed from Astro and given to Peacemaker because a war with the people below will help him be reelected. So, a civil war of Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder what they're uh, going to war over. <laughs> uh, who knows, man. <laughs> I mean, seems like the people on Earth would have a good case. Yeah, got a pretty good reason. Like, hey, we, we live in a scrap heap. Like... Yeah, you keep dumping your trash on us, and you're now you're yeah. declaring war on us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I just wish these superhero movies weren't so political. <laughs> yeah, big time. Dude, I love when people say that, because it's like, if you think about it, and you really think about it, most superhero movies are. Like, is that not evident by now? Um, I mean, yeah, there's a sense of it. I mean, obviously the red and blue thing is is not. It's just the colors. But uh, I think there's uh, definitely under, especially with Marvel, I think there's undertones of it. Yeah, for sure. But nothing, like, controversial. Like, you don't see Superman, like, stopping protesters at an abortion clinic like enough these women have the right to choose like oh my that, god that would probably get people uh get some people very happy get some people very upset yeah uh, it's more um 
it's more like parables or you know compare yeah like comparisons that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, X Men's the biggest one, obviously. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I see what you mean. Yeah. So Stone uh, loads the evil core, the red one, into the robot, and the robot just absorbs Stone. So it's like he's gone. <laughs> he takes his voice though, so still got that. He does, yeah. Uh, Peacekeeper is the robot's name. Uh, he seems to have the power to integrate other robots to grow larger in size, which he does when he adds Stone's giant ship to his uh, body. <laughs> So he just incorporates that. And then Peacekeeper and Astro, they battle around the city for a bit. Uh, and in the melee, Astro finds Tenma and says, uh, if, the, uh, if the red and blue core are combined, they'll both be destroyed. And at this point, I realize I missed a huge plot point in my notes. Uh, there was a whole big thing about uh, Astro not telling his friends, especially Kor, that he's actually a robot and not a human. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, well, sorry. I forgive you. And Korra finds out, and she's upset with him. But then they're Wait. like, ah, it's okay, it's cool. She's upset because she got, you know, lied to by omission. Yeah. Well, it's it's fine. They get over it. For sure, yeah. They'll well, move on. Yeah, at first she's like, ah, if he gets killed in the competition, fine. But then when she sees him in trouble, it's like, ah, no, I really want him to do well, and, you know. Yeah. It's whatever. Anyway, caught that up. So, Astro and Peacemaker, Astro sees Peacemaker attacking his friends, and he flies in to the Red Core, destroys it, and himself, and Stone is freed from Peacekeeper, and he is promptly arrested I, I thought, because they show Astro just, like, dead, or disabled, because uh, Elephant's like, I can't, he fi can't be fixed out the blue core. He just can't be. And I was like, oh, well, um, Toby's gonna, uh, Toby's gonna come out of uh, Peacekeeper 2, just like uh, Stone did. Yeah. And no, he doesn't. <laughs> he, Toby really was killed. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Elephant's like, ah, I can't be fixed out the blue core, he's dead. But here comes Zog. He gives Astro a little boost with the same blue core that Astro used to bring him back to life. And Astro's alive again. And Elephant and Tenma says he's found his place in the world. He's a hero. And now everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. And then, in like, maybe less than a minute, we get... A very weird ending. <laughs> so, Cora just randomly finds her parents on Metro City, and they're like, we searched everywhere for you! There you are! <laughs> like, okay. And then, a giant alien eyeball with tentacles attacks the city, and Tenma asks, are you sure you're ready? And Astra says, I was made for this. Roll credits. It's like, wow. A lot happened there in that final minute. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So, this was far and away not a perfect movie, but this was very enjoyable. Um, this was a quick, quick watch, man. It, it didn't yeah. feel like minutes, I will say that. What was it, like 85 without no, no, the credits? It was, it was like 90, well, before credits, like 85, yeah. Yeah, but that's why the review was so quick. That being said, 
I mean, this I mean, maybe like a rainy day thing. This might be something like I show my nieces or whatever. But like, yeah, I'm gonna give this a five and a half. Five and a half. By the way, I caved and bought the uh, spreadsheet, the Microsoft Office. Bill Gates beat me. <laughs> R.I.P. Well, a thing popped. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna need it honestly in the next few weeks. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll probably say later why, so I won't leave listeners in the dark. Yeah. But uh, something came up. It's like renew for half the price, fifty dollars. I'm like, ah, damn it, fine. <laughs> you got me. You got yeah. me this time, William. I mean, open office is is perfectly fine for being free, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I said I was going to make a comparison to another movie. I would say it's similar to Sky High in that it's not a kid's movie. It is a family movie. Yes. I wouldn't show this to, like, a five- or six-year-old. Yeah. But, like, I would say seven to 13, maybe 14 might be that age group might might really enjoy this. Uh, And then parents can watch it. And, you know, there's a lot of kids' movies that are... I mean, it's terrible that are, like, painful to sit through. We, uh, Shark Boy, Lava Girl, for instance. Yeah. Uh, but I think parents can sit through this and be like, yeah, this is perfectly enjoyable. And I think uh, that, 7 to, that 7 to 14 demo, the key demo, 7 to 14, uh, I think they would uh, really, really like this. So I will give it a 6 out of 10. It's, uh, like I said, not... Not kids movie, but not a um, I don't know what's the word. Uh, it's like a young, ad- not young adults, maybe preteen, preteen yes. early teen movie, family movie, and then it's you know Tubi. It's only eighty five minutes or so, so a quick yeah. watch that uh, fun for the whole family. Yes, fun for the whole family. But yeah, I mean the only person that dies is Toby, and he comes back. So yeah, sort of. Um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, that being said... Oh, folks, no, I'll say the criticism, uh, real quick, is the tacked-on end. Like, I, I really didn't like uh, Corey. Like, oh, there's my parents. Okay, we're, we we lost you, and now we found you. Cool. Like, yeah. that was like... Like, this could have got maybe a 7, but uh, it was just... Yeah, but that was just really a, tacked on. Um, it was an unearned redemption, for sure. Yeah, and then the, the alien that just comes up out of the end. Like, where the hell did this... Like... Is this city routinely attacked by aliens? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> I won't say. It could have got a six and a half, but that ending was just very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So, folks, thank you for listening. Next week, by the way, no movie next week. Actually, uh, maybe no movie over the next two weeks. But that being said, we are going to revisit the decade because we have just finished the 2000s. And what I had proposed to Eddie was we split the decade in half. We do the best and worst of 2000 to 2004. And then we do the best and worst of 2005 to 2009. Just because there were so many movies that we reviewed in this decade, it took us over a year to cover them all. Okay. That I'm okay with. For some reason in my mind, I thought you wanted to do the best of one week and then the worst of the next week. No. I was like, eh, that's... It's going to be tricky, but no, uh, the half and half is, is not bad. Yeah. So that means, and these are going to be good. You know, you got to think about it like we're revisiting, you know, things that 
we've covered over the past year plus because you know we we just we got to man we're not going to give you oh this was the best movie yes it's the worst movie that's why we rate them at the end of the episode of course you're going to get you know your categories like best and worst death and this time eddie and i are going to be on the same page on what each of those means um we're gonna (laughs) best and worst villain best and worst hero um here's one most surprising um or pardon me i should say most pleasantly surprising and most sorely disappointing perhaps well we can we can we can uh figure this out but <clears throat> that is next week don't have to watch a movie you can just you know sit back and relax with eddie and caleb and we thank you for listening you guys we want you to have a good night good good day good morning whenever you're listening and i'm gonna get out of here with a quote from hamig nice little funny quote to send us out on ham and egg yes a whole a whole whole ham and egg i love saving robots it's almost like a religion for me like a saint loves the poor or a woman loves shoes or a fat guy loves donuts